Welcome to Strong Body Fit Mind, Episode 4. I'm Katie Ferguson. I'm Nathan Ferguson. And today we're going to be talking five things to do when you find yourself in a fitness rut. We've all said it before. We're going to start over on Monday. Maybe it's nutrition related. Maybe it's fitness related. We're going to start over on Monday. Or we're going to start over when X, Y, and Z happens. And I'm here to tell you that we're not starting over number one. And we don't need to wait for one big event to get back on track. Because that's what we're doing. We're getting back on track. If we're a marathon runner and a marathon runner falls down, do we say, oh, get back up, go right back to the beginning and start over. We're like, no, like get up and keep going where you were. And that's what we're doing too. And truly that was the biggest, that was one of the biggest things that I learned is that I, I did have an all or nothing mentality. I still struggle with it. I still fight it. But realizing that I wasn't starting from ground zero, even in the military, when you, when you failed, you went back and you started over. And so I struggled with that a lot. And I realized that indeed it's not starting over. You already have really great habits, really great behaviors, really good ideals and ideas and principles that are motivating you towards that. You have great momentum and inertia. They're all pushing you in that direction. What it's about is just getting back up and jumping back in where you were. It may take a little bit to, to get some of that momentum, that momentum speed picked back up, but you'll get back real quick. And even if you've done something and you've finished a program or finished something and you're not where you want to be, or you feel like you've failed it or something, I'm, I'm here to tell you that you haven't failed it. You've learned something about it. You've learned something about yourself that, that either works for you or it doesn't work for you, or you've learned something about yourself. Hopefully you can take a piece away. For example, when I did, I mean, I told you guys, I've tried every single diet out there. And when I did Whole30, I learned that my body did not like dairy. When I re started reintroducing dairy in my system, my body did not like copious amounts of dairy, even though that was considered like I considered it a failure because I couldn't stick with it or whatever it was. I learned that about myself. And so it wasn't a complete failure. I still took something out of it. All right, let's get down to it. Number one. And when you find yourself in a fitness rut, you have to figure out why you have to figure out the root cause of why you got off track. Were you overtraining? Were you restricting too much? Were you not eating enough? Is there unregulated stress at work, like lack of boundaries or like a proper balanced perspective? Like, will all of that work ever get done, right? You have to think of those things. Is it your environment? Are you always having cookies on your kitchen counter is your are your fitness clothes or your workout clothes always downstairs in the basement setting yourself up for success is going to be key even for guys too i feel like i wound up wearing the same fitness clothes for years even almost close to a decade and sometimes you just need to throw those all away even if they're nice and quote good shirts but and just get new clothes and be excited about it he has the same shirt that is like thin. He says he has one shirt left of his old workout shirts that he will not throw away. <laughs> well, you know, it's, he's like, it's my favorite shirt. I'm like, oh, God, it's you might as well not wear nothing. It's literally just a like so thin piece of fabric. It's crazy. So once you figure out why you got off track, then we can go into getting back on track. Right. And when we get back on track, a lot of us like to jump all in with two feet, dive right to the bottom of the pool and let's do it. I'm all or nothing. And what that is going to lead into is mostly to failure because usually when you have an all or nothing mindset, nine times out of 10, it's going to turn into nothing. So even for example, I've been traveling for the last week and I ran one morning on my travels, but then my 
my leg wasn't, my knee wasn't feeling good. So I, I didn't run. I took a break. And here I am. I am jumping back into the stream of exercise. So what am I going to do? If I was running three to five miles, now I'm going to go run two easy miles. That's it. So it's about jumping back in and ditching that all or nothing mindset or mentality because that all or nothing mindset is all about perfectionism. And perfectionism is only trying to cover up fear, anxiety, lack of self-worth, I'm not good enough, I can't do this, or the, the positive aspect, not positive as in good, but positive as in outgoing, to be accepted, to be good, I have to do X, Y, and Z exactly. And even, even with nutrition, this is why maybe for women it can be a little bit more challenging to count macronutrients and, and review those numbers because we get obsessed with numbers and that that is the gateway to perfectionism, which is why I personally, I don't like to count macros. I don't count macros. The only thing I, I loosely keep track of is my protein because it's sneaky and easy not to get enough protein in the day. But even that perfectionism with fitness trackers, I feel like we have a set goal where we're like, we have to meet 10,000 steps. Let's say your goal is 10,000 steps a day or X amount of calories. And maybe we're sitting at 6,000 steps and we want to go for a 10 minute walk, but we're like, well, we're not even going to hit... 10,000 steps today. So why even go for a walk? Because I'm only going to hit, you know, 8,000 steps. I'm not going to even hit my goal of 10,000. So that's that perfectionism mindset where it can really be hindering in your progress. And it can be so passive and so subtle and so rational that it flies under the radar as this like self-guiding system or self-defense mechanism or something that's attempting to boost your spirits and rationalize you and, and hold enough energy for you to get through the day, through the week. But what it's really doing is kind of shoving your head in the mud, but you don't realize that you're all muddy. Okay, so we've identified that we have this all or nothing mentality, this perfectionism mindset, and so what do we do? So we start small, right? We add one thing back in. We focus on the short term, like a 72-hour goal, Maybe it's more water or more movement or more veggies. When we focus on something small that we can do in this very moment, it's going to give us big results in the end. You get to take your power back, own who you are, own what you're doing and what you're putting in your body. And that 72-hour goal, that gives you, that that's your gateway, that's your doorway back into the momentum stream of heading in the right direction. It's an easy win. You stack those easy wins. Before you know it, you're three days into it. You're feeling more like your normal self. You've kind of shaken off the delay that you've experienced, and you're, you're headed off in the right direction. You're going. You're doing. Okay, so you figured out the why, why you've gotten off track. You've ditched that all-or-nothing mentality. You're like, okay, I'm going to start small. Another huge thing I suggest you do is get some kind of accountability partner. So maybe it's a friend or a coworker or someone that you want to work out with. Maybe it's your significant other. Maybe you don't have accountability partner and you need some kind of external motivation. Maybe it's a checklist. Maybe it's a habit tracker, something like that, that you can get that's going to externalize that motivation. Externalizing it is so crucial. Even if you are externalizing it just for yourself on a calendar or habit tracker, it is something that is going to help you stay and maintain to be organized. Because what happens is we have this left and right brain. The left brain is the organizer, but the right brain is the abstract thinker. When we get stressed, when we get worried, it's like you have these wild horses in our right brain and our left brain is trying to corral them. This habit tracker 
it synthesizes both left and right brain so they work together. So your own natural anatomy and your subconscious, your mind, your thoughts and emotions aren't working against you. It's a place that helps reconsolidate you, focus you in the right direction. It pats you on the back when you see your habit tracker grow. And it's an awesome externalization tool. Great. So you have an accountability partner. Maybe it's a coworker that you've bought matching water bottles with and you have a water challenge every day. Maybe it's walks at lunch. Maybe it's everybody brings a different recipe to a meeting that you have and you're sharing recipes, something like that. You've done all of those things. Now, inevitably what's going to happen is you're going to lose motivation, right? Motivation does not stick with us, which I think we've made a whole episode about that already too. Motivation's not, motivation's fleeting. So once that motivation fades, you're bound to kind of feel like, oh, I'm going to have to start over again, or I'm just going to like throw it all away. And what always brings me back to center is to do a soulmate workout. And what I mean by a soulmate workout is like the workout that lights you up inside, the workout that leaves you feeling good with a clear head. Maybe for some people that's walking, maybe it's boxing. Maybe you just need to go hit something really hard and sweat a lot. For other people, it may be lifting. For other people, it may be like a spin class. And for crazy people like Nathan Ferguson, it is 100 burpees. I love <laughs> that workout so much. It's so painful and you can always go faster. It's just throwing yourself on the ground and getting back up. It is, it is awesome. Often on vacation, we have like 100 burpee challenges where we will see who can complete 100 burpees faster and I don't know. We haven't done one of those in a while. We're going to have to. We should like do that and- yeah. And live stream and not Instagram. Yeah. I think that'd be really fun and awful all at the same time. So getting back on track with your soulmate workout is going to get you on the right path, get you on the right road. You know, it may be very easy to be like, well, this isn't the workout that I always do. And this isn't the workout that I had planned. But that workout is going to be one more drop in the bucket for your goals. Because if you follow me on Instagram at all, you know that some movement is always better than no movement at all. Moving your body. Your body is made to move. It wants to move. Can you imagine being married to her and hearing that all the time and trying to be lazy or trying to rest for an extended period of time? Okay, I let you rest. I let you rest. I'm just saying I like to go on walks. I like to move my body. I feel better afterwards. Or prepping for vacation. You have to be really specific with Katie about what type of vacation is going to be because if you don't ask and inquire, she might have you walking 10 plus miles a day all day the whole time. <laughs> And just my little feet are just a little tired. Okay, that was one time, and it was right after we were married in San Francisco. You, anyway, we, we knew it was going to be a travel vacation. We wanted to sightsee, do all these things. He looked at me. It was after a honeymoon, too. So we had, like, gone on the relaxing honeymoon, and then uh -huh. we came back, and, like, three months later, we went to San Francisco. Yeah. And he looked at me one night, and he's like, I am exhausted. I, I do not want to go. I do not want to go on this you know, double-decker bus tour. And I'm like, it's going to be great. It's going to be great. But yes, some movement is always better than none. So you're in a fitness rut. You figured out why you got off track. You've ditched that all or nothing mentality. You're making small steps in the right direction. Maybe you have an accountability partner. Maybe you found your soulmate workout, that, that workout that you can just always go to when you don't know what else to do. And that's not working for you. Last thing I would do is to hire a coach. Maybe you need some direction. Maybe you need accountability and a fresh perspective. And my most favorite aspect is having the emotional commitment that is paired automatically with a financial commitment. Now, this isn't some plug to go out and get a coach. What it's about 
is the undeniable truth that Americans put their money where their mouth is. And when we pay for something, we expect something in return and we will demand it from other people and from ourselves. I have worked with a lot of veterans, for example, and their services that they consume from me are free. And it is, it is a huge, unfortunate mountain. You know, it always feels good to say, oh, well, we give veterans free services and blah, blah, blah. But I'll tell you what, a financial commitment might clean up a lot of therapy and produce a ton of results a lot faster simply because people would come in more emotionally charged to get answers and claw results and find resolutions rather than come in and... and there can be a tendency for people that aren't paying for services to come in and want a justification from a therapist for the way things are or have been or a security blanket justification for this diagnosis or whatever. So there is magic, literal magic that happens when you pay for something. You really set aside that money, set aside that time. You fully go in, you engage. Now, this isn't hiring someone and then they have to motivate you. You just... You just hang out on the wings and you let them be your heir. It's not about that. It's about making that commitment financially that helps you produce results. And maybe that's not even hiring a one-on-one -on -one coach, but finding a group that will help motivate you to work out. Putting, again, most likely it's going to be with some kind of financial commitment with it because that, for some people, is what's going to get them truly committed to the process. I know I'm one of those people too. Paying money for something. I have an entire gym in my garage. We have an entire gym. It is beautiful and wonderful. And I run all my personal training clients out of there. And it is fabulous. But I still go to another gym because someone else writes my programming. They expect me to get be there. And I pay a decent, very decent amount of money to go to that gym. And the truth is, at the end of the day, you are your own hero. You are who you've been waiting for. You have everything inside of you to make progress, to get results. And that little inner voice that worries, that complains, that does all of these things, that voice comes from the past, that is always about the past, something that happened in the past, similar situations that happened in the past. It's about the pain of the past that is trying to be felt now in the present moment. We're dragging the past up to the present, dumping out all of its trash in this moment, and it's, it's, it's ruining it. It's, it's limiting ourselves. So you truly are who you've been waiting for, and you are awesome. You are powerful. So take your powerful self, take some small actions, become more of the person that you want to be. Reflect on it, journal about it, find simple ways. Maybe it's an affirmation on your mirror every day to remind yourself of it. So if you find yourself in a fitness rut, take these five steps to help ease that process a little better.